Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's the deal, Blue Jays fans? Welcome to another edition of Jay Bird Watching. We are part of the StadiumScene.tv network. I am your host this evening, Adam Corsair, and joining me are the usual co-hosts uh, sitting virtually across from me, uh, Craig Borden and Brendan Penicar. How are we, gentlemen? Could be better. <laughs> I think that's the best way bit. of summing it up. A <laughs> little bit, a little bit. Um, so look, we're recording this on a Thursday evening, August the 19th. Uh, and as of this recording, the Jays are heading back home. If they're not home already for a three game weekend series against Detroit with a record of 63 and 56, 10 games behind the first place Rays, slipping to four behind the Oakland A's for a wild card spot who were usurped by the New York Yankees as the number one wild card spot holder. Um, this is going to be a jam packed show. Cause I have a feeling there's going to be a lot of, uh, a lot of things getting off people's chests here regarding the week that was and the weekend that was. So let's just get right into it. Let's unpack with the really bad losses against the Mariners and getting swept by one of the worst teams in baseball, the Washington nationals. Now I don't want to disregard the series loss against the angels either. And Barrios rough start last week, but I think that loss is a bit more forgivable then two against Seattle and one against, uh, sorry, two against the Nationals. Um, the blame can be laid on the umpire for a ridiculous uh, overturn on a Valera slide at home. He was safe, uh, coupled with a blown wa- a walk-off walk at the hand of Brad Hand, uh, no pun intended. Uh, <laughs> game two of that series saw a huge blow to the lineup with Springer getting hurt. We'll touch on that later. 
and the bullpen just imploding. They salvaged the series with the win to close it out in Seattle. Then on to Washington, Manoa had his worst start as a Blue Jay in game one, coughing up seven runs, and Delish just killing any and all momentum to squeak out a W. Game two gave his former team a decent gift by Brad Hand by blowing the lead the Jays have gained with the back-to-back home runs, bringing us to where we are now. We were on cloud nine after taking three out of four against the Red Sox, only to cough up three series in a row. We've lost three series in a row that we called pivotal. I know that was a mouthful, so I'm going to let you guys have it. Craig, what do we make of all of this? Don't pitch Brad Hand ever again. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, sorry. You wanted other real information. (laughs) So... You know, like you said, the Angels series, I can say one thing. At least the Angels are a team that's still, you know, I can't say they haven't figured anything out, but they're not a bad team either. And the Mariners series, okay, yeah, they're in the wild card race neck and neck with us right now, but I don't see them on the same level as us. You look at their run differential, it's insanely horrible. There is no right reason that the Seattle Mariners should even be in a a wild card hunt at all at this point in this season with what they've been doing. It's literally kind of, it's, it's in that pure luck ballpark, right? They're the Cinderella story. They're going to find a way into the playoffs. If they end up doing it, that's going to be one of those weird things that they'll they'll literally be like, it'll be crazy thing in sports if they make it in. So to that point, the Blue Jays offense is one of the best in baseball. So we should be juggernauting over this people. And then here's the other thing, even though our offense is slumping over the last three series, um, guys, how many runs did we score last night and the night before that? And we still managed to cough up a lead and suck. <laughs> it's just how it is right now. So to that point, there's been many things to blame. There's literally, like you said, umpire calls, mismanagement, um, guys, not anywhere near in the ballpark of how they should be performing and watching one of our old young prospects destroy us one night was also the icing on the cake. <laughs> so as much as I love Riley Adams, I was hoping he would never have that kind of a game against the Blue Jays. Right. Yeah, it was about as uh, nightmarish of a last week, as you can imagine. Like the high that we were on as we were recording last Thursday, being like, okay, you just had a fantastic 9-2 and two homestand, that crazy comeback against Boston. And you know what? They coughed up game one of the doubleheader against the Angels last week, but they won the, the two games after that. So you're thinking, you know what? Barrios is going up. It'll be tough against Otani. Barrios has a, he implodes a little bit, just does not have his stuff, not have a good game. And they lose. And you're thinking, you know what? Okay, there's still time to make this a successful road trip. If you go six and three, that's fine, because I think everybody had a sweep against Washington kind of locked up before we even got there. Uh, there was a sweep just for the wrong team. Uh, <laughs> and then. Uh, this incredibly unfortunate turn of events in Seattle. Um, the Springer injury obviously is, is a killer. It absolutely sucks. And I just don't know how we got to this point. Craig, you appropriately named the, uh, the recording who broke it. It does feel very broken right now. There's like the optimism that I have is clinging by a thread right now. And it's not like, I feel like we're believing in something that, might not be there uh, anymore, but you know what? There's still what 40, 45, 44 games left of the season. And they're four, four and a half back. Cause Oakland won today. Um, yeah. As long as you can remain at four games or maybe try to cut it to three games before Oakland comes to Toronto uh, on that first weekend of September, Labor Day weekend, then you can say, yep, this could be real. We have to go out there, win two out of three or sweep them. And then you're right back in the race. But with, Losing two in a row to Washington, uh, 
what are we expecting for the upcoming series against the Tigers and the Orioles? Like, I don't know. It, it, it's tough. It's very bleak right now, and it sucks because I think all optimism and hope from that homestand and returning back to Toronto has kind of been zapped. Yeah. yeah. So to that point, though, um, I know this is collectively looking over the season, and this is what just irks me the bat most because on paper, this is actually a good team. And when you look at the stats and how we performed this year, Blue Jays, like we were saying, was scored the some of the most runs and then one of the most prolific offenses in all of baseball this year. We have 615 runs scored. That is right in the ballpark of all the division leaders in baseball for period, not even just the American League. So that's right in the top. And then you look at how our runs allowed are. Even with all this bullpen bullshit that's been going on and how we've been coughing up leads and all this kind of crap, it is right in the same ballpark with all those same teams. There's nothing that says that should be a bad team, regardless of how it's constructed or what we've been doing. I guess a lot of that obviously is loaded probably front and where we were doing good and hot streaks and whatnot, but still plus 118 run differential. This is just driving me insane to the fact that we are still somehow losing these games when you're averaging six runs a game. <laughs> this yeah. is insane. I don't get it. And for all the stuff that happened in the last series and everything like last night, the other night, everybody was down on Barrios. He's still, Gave up only two runs. I literally saw people it's like we're saying we shouldn't have a trade for this guy on Twitter, and it makes zero sense to me. And they're like calling to run him out of town already. And it, this is guy a guy we got for locked up for next year. Uh, I'm sorry to say that, but you are all, all you know happy and sh- is a pig and shit for Ross Stripling being really really good the last however many starts, and he was only averaging two or three runs in it or uh, a start. So same ballpark at a minimum. <laughs> yeah. I I love. They need to hurry up and do something is the biggest thing that comes down to it. And they need to show that in the next week, period. This is literally do or die, last chance to get your momentum and run into something good. Because they should figure out whatever the hell they need to do against these teams to win the rest of the series. And they showed they could do that against the Red Sox. They can't, like, and the thing that sucks is they can. It's just so hard to be optimistic right now because of, I I think, you know, even if you go out and you sweep the Nationals, and if they did, and you win those two games there, that's a four and five road trip with two West Coast stops. At the end of the day, that wouldn't have been terrible. It wouldn't have feel like they were sunk. It wouldn't have been good, and we wouldn't have been happy. But it doesn't feel like the, the like everything's coming crashing down all at once uh, with how bad it was. But yeah, Craig, your your point is absolutely correct. They don't have any time to mess around anymore. They're right up against it. They yeah, it's I think 43, 44 games left. They have sixty three wins right now. You the, the benchmark that Arden Zwelling and Ben Nicholson Smith had yesterday. Uh, after the game on Blue Jays Central was 90 wins. That means they only have about, what, 16 losses to play with the rest of the year and 20, 28 wins to get there or 27 wins to get to 90. I don't know. I don't even the thing that that uh, Arden Zwelling said, though, is I don't know if 90 gets it done with how the Yankees have been playing. The athletics are slipping a little bit since when we recorded last week, and the Red Sox are on a bit of a of a tailspin. So you might be able to get in at ninety, but the there's Mar- a lot going on there at the, between those teams. It's that's it's crazy. The saving grace because to those points, I the as much as I don't want to say it, the A's just lost their best pitcher to one of the worst things I've seen on a baseball field in a long time. Yeah, yeah, and so. That happened. They're hoping to get guys like Chris Irving and whatnot to come back and fill up those innings, Frankie Montes and all that kind of stuff. I don't know if their pitching is as good without Bassett crushing it like he was. So there's that going on. The Yankees, in my opinion, are still on borrowed time because there's they are a flawed team just like we are. It's a little different, but I think they've gotten lucky over the last week <laughs> for running into six wins. I'm not going to lie. But I don't know. I just... 
there's something to there's enough chaos going on here that it still has me thinking that yeah 90 wins would be the reach that i think you need to get toward but there could be a fallout here at the end of the so are the blue jays and the yankees and a's and everybody are literally just pummeling each other and you have that weird wild card wednesday thing that we had with like the tampa bray rays a few years ago that'd be, that that'd would be, be in so the stressful. 80s ballpark that's the best case scenario right now though that's the that is the best case they have to pray for that yeah all right so we touched on a lot so I'm trying to, I'm going to compartmentalize it uh, a little bit and we'll touch on these things individually. Um, let's start with Brad hand. Um, just not good. Uh, you know, we, we touch on Barrios and I know we're going to get into more detail with Barrios in a second, but Craig, you mentioned that people were complaining about him and, you know, running him out of town. I think a lot of that has to do with, uh, what was traded to get him. And seeing him have one bad outing uh, versus the Angels, um, it was probably something. I mean, no one thought when we acquired this pitcher that he wasn't going to go less than five, right? Five full innings. Um, So everyone has a bad start. It happens. Um, But again, sticking with Brad Hand, this is a guy that's pitched eight games. I'm looking at right now. A total of six innings given up so far. Eight hits, seven runs, five of which have been earned. Two walks, which was a walk-off walk, one of them. Uh, only five strikeouts and three home runs. I don't like to focus on ERA, but his ERA is 7.5. Um, it's not good. It, he has not been good. And I remember the last time we talked about his usage, um, I was making the case that, you know, since he's new to the team, he sort of had to have a feel-out process. You just you have to know what you have in him and where his role sort of fits in. Um, we're going to talk about Dolis in a bit, but you know, now with his absence, I'm pretty sure we're not, this isn't the last we're going to see of Brad hand. It's just the leverage situations that I'm not comfortable using him. And, um, I don't place this fully on Charlie Montoyo, but I feel that he should be keen enough to know that this is not someone you want to put in a, a tie game in the, in the late innings in the last inning. Um, walking in runs, right? This is just not the guy you want to use. So Brennan, is this, has Brad hand already worn out his welcome? He is a rental piece. So it's not like we have a lot invested in him in next year. Probably the Jays aren't going to try to resign him anyway. We just need the bullpen help now. Um, would you like to see him in less high leverage situations? Or do you think he, it's still a feeling out process? Do you think eight games is a large enough sample size? And again, six innings that, no, I'm I'm good. He's he's too volatile at this point. Yeah, I'm I'm right there with you uh, towards the latter part of what you're saying, and your timing for this question worked out quite well because I got uh, Andrew Stoughton put uh, a graphic together, uh, I think from Baseball Savant uh, about Brad Hand's average spin rate by game. And my goodness, it has absolutely plummeted since they the Blue Jays acquired him. So I, I, I think I retweeted it. So anybody who's watching uh, or listening can go and so take a look at it. He was using the sticky stuff. Yeah. Well, this is after <laughs> the sticky stuff, though. Like this is like the last week in a bit that it's absolutely mm. plummeted. Like his his slider spin rate back in May was upwards of twenty six hundred. Then it plummeted right around when a little bit when it was after the sticky stuff around June. But it's like gotten to worse levels, like absolutely yes. like below two thousand RPMs on a slider, and that's one of his best pitches. His fastball is barely hovering above twenty two hundred at this point. So there's clearly something wrong. I don't know if he's injured. I don't know if he's just out of gas. 
I don't know what it is, but he can't be trusted in high leverage situations anymore. The issue is where do you go? Like, I don't know who else you pitch. Like you can't pitch Adam Simber absolutely every single day and you can't pitch Jordan Romano every single day. So it's tough. I have absolutely no idea what they got to do, but uh, there's a kid down in uh, Buffalo who just threw a fantastic inning today in Nate Pearson. And he might have to be the last answer, man. Like he, how poetic would that be if he comes up here and just cements the bullpen yet again? Uh, uh, the yes. cement thing we thought we had after Adam Simber and Trevor Richards and, and Brad Hand and walking well, on a cake, so, right? Uh, it'd be perfect. So, yeah, yeah it, it, it's beyond time. He can't pitch in high leverage anymore, and, and the stats back it up. It really does. Yeah, to that point, Julian Merriweather's been pitching again, too, and I know he's more of a wild card than Pearson, but right. the fact that the stuff is there. And right now, I would rather take a flyer on somebody like him yeah, and watch Brad Hand pitch in any kind of leverage at all. Brad Hand's in the what is now the Rafael Delis category to me. Just saying, yeah. <laughs> I kind of don't trust it at all. I wouldn't be terribly worried if he is gone all of a sudden. But right now, I'm in that ballpark where I have to give him the. If you're up by six runs, I give him the ball. Just let him run it out there and hope he finally finds something. But you guys, we've seen this now three times this season. Tyler Chatwood, Rafael Delis, and now you're kind of tipping in that same ballpark with Brad Hand. So, like you said, yeah. I think one of you two has said it repetitively over the relievers are volatile, and I know Jason Lee's come on this show a million times and said, just <laughs> give me any dumpster dive you can on a reliever because they'll only be good for two years or whatever it is anyways. <laughs> but correct, yeah, that's in the ballpark category we are right now, and there's enough young arms in our Meyer league system. Like I said, I'd rather take a flyer on right now than hope and pray that Brad Hand's going to find something in the next four weeks. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I just, the feeling out process to me is over. Um, it, again, it, seeing Riley Adams light up the Jays, as you mentioned, Craig, and you know, it, it, he hits so well. He said, I don't, I still don't hate the trade. Because I no, feel like Riley shot. Adams, yeah, would have been wasted away in the minor leagues anyway, you know. And he would have been traded probably for a reliever in the offseason anyway. Yeah, you know, for the exactly. Like he had no future with the Blue Jays, and we took our shot with a rental piece. And I don't blame the front office for doing that. And I know uh, hindsight being what it is, people on Twitter are going to see Brad Hand do what he did and be pissed off, and see what Riley Adams has done and be pissed off, but. I mean, it's you can't. It's a it's a shitty situation right now. Use him in low leverage situations, maybe just to get his feet wet uh, with this team and feel out the process. But otherwise, I, I just can't have him in there in late game situations where the game is on the line. Um, Has anybody heard anything about Soria yet? No, no, uh, no. Not. no. I was just I curious. Even forgot about him. <laughs> yeah. Well, he pitched a whole, what, two innings before he got yeah. hurt. So, but um, to that point, even the rest of the bullpen's been, even Tim Mays has taken a step back since coming back from the injury. And he was starting to look like a very viable reliever, like he found it after Tommy John and everything, too. So, yeah. Mm. Um, flipping back to Barrios, um, again, I think a lot of the the hate and the, the rage tweeting, it has a lot to, to do and is influenced by what we traded to get him. Um, if it was a, you know, just an SWR and that's it, I don't think a lot of people would be this upset about it. But again, seeing the way he pitched in LA did raise some eyebrows, at least for me. I was a little bit concerned. Um, but then, you know, again, the Washington game, 
other than the first inning, it wasn't terrible. It really wasn't. It wasn't that bad. It, it, it was serviceable. Um, I just I, I was surprised they pulled him. He's only yeah, 88 pitches. He, he that was the thing it. that kills him. So that, that, everybody's saying that it's the five-inning thing. You know, that, that, to me, doesn't make any sense because it's not like he was at 100 pitches in five innings. Oh, he asked to be pulled. They went and asked he him if he had – Yeah, yeah, because of the heat and the exhaustion. They went up and asked him if he could give them any more. He said he can't. He Like, he was done after the five innings there. So uh, just, I just want to make sure you guys had that. Yeah. Oh, okay. No worries. Uh, but to that point. At least he was, you know, trying to benefit the team in that point, saying I, yeah, I got yeah, at exactly. that point. I forget who came in right after him. But he was fine, but then Brad Hand obviously happened the inning following to that. And I don't know if you guys saw what I tweeted out, but I had the thing from Step Brothers right when he walks Soto. I'm gonna puke. Mm. And then mm. I had after the Josh Bell home run the thing from Family Guy where they drank the epicac and we're just puking everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> Let me see if I can find. I why do I? I forget who came in right after uh, Barrios. I want to say it was Saucedo, wasn't it? I don't. Was it? Mm, I don't remember. I remember. I'll have to pull it up. I just had a right. box in front of me, too. But anyway, back to the Barrios thing. Like I said, if that's what ha- the difference is, I'm still not worried about it. This guy's been right. one of the best up-and-coming pitchers in baseball for the last two, three years. Yeah. Yeah, and we have him but again for for another year and if people are going to be upset about it oh man well you got a whole another year just to be upset about something yeah um sorry to hear about that well uh so let's get sorry Brian. we we all agreed when we acquired him it was like yes this he could be as impactful as david price but not he's not as good as david price like david price right. is pitching on another level and i think that's what people expected from barrios and we summed it up he's very very similar performance wise to marcus stroman he'll go out there and more often than not he'll pitch six maybe even seven innings of quality baseball but then there'll be times of time where he gets absolutely rocked and those were one of the times he got absolutely rocked so people got to calm down a little bit <laughs> i think yep. those absolutely rocked points are going to be in the yeah. next year a lot yeah. less than we are thinking. Like I said, there's something oh, to probably. him and he's put it in together in some good stretches over the last two years that it's just, it's this close to finding that next piece. Mm-hmm. So, and maybe, maybe Pete Walker's that last piece. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, it, it was Tim Mesa that came in. It was Mesa. Okay. Yeah, I just remember Mesa. who came in after I was like, okay, things aren't too bad yeah. yet. <laughs> we can still do this. Then right. the home runs happen and we're back on top of the world. And we're like, yeah, we have to lead. And five, what? 12 minutes later. Yep. <laughs> it was, uh, it was just went all, went all to shit. Um, all right. So let's talk about the, uh, the other thing that has been weighing us down. Let's talk about the George Springer injury. It really couldn't have come at a worse time. Uh, Springer was diagnosed with the grade one knee sprain. This is the same injury that cost Bobochet about a month last season uh, with the Jays trying to catch a wild card spot, as we've been mentioned, mentioning rather, and George Springer just falling into a groove prior to this injury. I remember last That's week we were saying, yeah, it, what a great time for him to get hot. Um, this is a huge blow for the Blue Jays. Now, Brennan, this was your Christmas gift. Um, <laughs> how severely does this impact a shot for the postseason, if at all? Now, remember, we still have, you know, Vladdy is not hitting as hot as he was in midsummer. Teoscar is on an upswing. Lourdes Gurriel is starting That's to get on an upswing. Yeah. Uh, Simeon, although against um, Seattle, didn't look that great. He sort of came back to life at times against Washington. Um, is that enough to mitigate this loss? as we've seen them try to do during uh, portions of the summer, or does this in your mind, is this a big enough blow that 
uh, wild card spot hopes is kind of uh, it's fallen to the wayside. What say ye? Yeah, uh, I didn't realize when I opened my Christmas gift that there would be a, a couple damages uh, to it when I opened <laughs> it up. <laughs> well, all, all jokes aside, George Springer has never been injury prone before this season. It's just unfortunate luck, man. It really sucks. And there is still a chance that he can come back. Like, I know they were up, more optimistic about this injury than they were about Bichette's last year. I think Bichette's kept him out, you said, a month. Um, mm. So they're saying week to week they'll evaluate him. Um, maybe maybe by mid-September if they can tread water maybe you have a hot last two or last two three weeks of the season but that's just pinning way too much on uh, the next couple of weeks like you have to be virtually flawless and people have to be hot all at the same time because I don't think there's anybody outside of Vlad that can truly carry this team just on their own like we saw George Spring carry know. the team on their own I mean I, I don't want to like the Oscar has been incredible the last week in a bit and he has picked up the load uh, as well if Vlad gets back to what he was doing which like he, we said last week it looks like he's tired uh, I don't know what it is but um, if he gets back to what he's doing combined with somebody else then yeah you can tread water and you can be fine, but that's just, it's asking a lot uh, of this team. And we saw what they didn't do without George Springer. And that was, you know what, you can get a couple games above 500 when George Springer was at his absolute best and the rotation was doing well too. They got as high, what 11 games above 500 just a couple weeks ago. They yeah. were incredible. And that's the level that they need to be at. And I'm not sure you take away George Springer. Yeah. Take a couple wins down a notch uh, at that point. So it's it's like like I said at the beginning of the show, my optimism is clinging to a thread. George Springer, his injury, depending on how long it's out for, it could cut that uh, little bit of a thread. And you know what? It is what it is. Yeah, I think the biggest thing is right now, Teoscar Hernandez is carrying this team. And if you look yes. at the Blue Jays stats for the last 30 days, Teoscar Hernandez is literally just dominating all our team. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, the only person that is comparable offense to your point, Brendan, how much the Springer thing hurts is he's the only one that's even close and runs runs batted in. Yeah. And Teoscar has drove in 32 runs in the last 30 days. Uh, yeah, uh, just we're not worthy. OK, <laughs> so um, but he's got 10 home runs and then Springer had 10 home runs and 23 RBIs. So. That's a big blow. As soon as you go past that, Semyon's the next closest guy with 14 runs drove it in. So there's a pretty decent cliff in the last 30 days of production there. And after that, they were also the only two that were batting near 300 in the last 30 days. Say Oscar's closer to 400, but I'm <laughs> just saying. So it definitely hurts losing George Springer. And to that point, you just forfeited probably a good chunk of games. Um, if you were talking about wins above, wins above replacement, just because of the fact that George Springer is not in this lineup defensively and offensively. So my only hope is that he's at least in the locker room still, because his presence is still felt regardless of the fact uh, as a team leader in this team. And I think that's a big thing too, but I think they showed it the other day during the game that the blue Jays basically were 10 wins loot or 10 wins worse without Springer in the lineup when they had the graphic up. It was something along those lines. It's pretty rough. Yeah. So it's not going to be a fun time, but the Blue Jays do need to get somebody to step up, whether that's Vlad coming back to form, which we have started to see over the last week a little bit, but it's been in glimpses, not so much an extended piece. Semyon's trending back up. We really need Boba Shet to really get back to being uh, 
you know, another RBI machine in this lineup again, because with last week, he's taken that step back. There is enough in this lineup that I think there is something to it. And then knowing that Corey Dickerson actually, guys, I don't know what the hell's happened with him, but he's actually found his stick in the last, you know, week or so here too. So there's enough pieces that there could be something here, but it's not going to feel as good without Springer. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he's... um. I really feel that, uh, I mean, I'm stating the obvious here, but a, a big portion of the optimism that fans were feeling, um, you know, coming back home into Toronto um, in the beginning of the month, um, going on this wild card push, coupled with George Springer's, you know, sort of surge, um, it, it really elevated the fan base. And this is just one of those huge, just popping the balloon and it's not just a pop. It's just like letting it fart out of the end. Um, <laughs> it's just, it's terrible, dude. And Like whoopee you know, cushion level, right? Yeah, <laughs> it's bad. And, you know, given the fact that Vladdy, as we have been talking about, him alone, if we're relying on him to carry the team right now, it's probably not what you want to do, ideally, especially given the month that he's been having thus far. It hasn't even been bad when it comes to like standards of, you know, an average, even though he's an above average baseball player. Just yeah. when you look at the stats yeah. at, on their own, you know, he's, his line is 235, 325 and 338 with an OPS of 663. I mean, it's not Vlad like and you want that slugging to go up, but the average is still there. Right. And he's only hit in the past 17 games, two bombs. So I do think there's a there's an aspect of fatigue when it comes to Vladdy and, you know, resting your laurels and having him be the star of the show and carrying your team isn't what you want to do right now. However, yeah. on the flip side, when you talk about Teoscar Hernandez, who's played 18 games so far within the month of August, he's been ridiculous, as we've been saying, his batting average so far in August, he's batting 439. In the month of August, with the OBP of six, uh, 464, slugging of 773, and an OPS of 1.236. That's fucking crazy. Yeah, Sounds like his wow. batting average since the All Star yeah. break has went up 20 something points. Yeah, his actual full season batting average. That yeah. is yes. a lot. That's hard to do. <laughs> yeah, it's hard enough to get a few points, let alone something yeah. like that. And people forget that Vlad's still batting like 313 too. <laughs> yeah, and to and that you know, point, at least he's still getting on base and walking. He led the lead or led the team in the last 30 days in walks only to be followed, unfortunately, by George Springer. <laughs> yeah. And to your Rivy point, he's had two, 21 RBIs in the month of August so far. And he's, he's carrying my fantasy baseball team right now. Best trade. There ever. You go. Yeah. Trade him for water. Franco with a year of control next year. These <laughs> are a thing, you know? So again, there are portions. We've never seen this team collectively be in a slump. And I'd argue that maybe in the beginning of the month, we saw them at least at a starting point offensively, collectively on a surge in their own respective ways. Um, I think it's going to take something like that minus Springer, not only for them to tread water, but also to gain ground on the wild card yeah. positioning. Because George Springer is the quarterback of this team, man. He's the guy that, you know, this is why you traded for him is for stretches like this, trying to get, make a postseason berth. And if he's not around until mid late ish September, I just, I'm sorry, I don't want to be the pessimism person here, but I just don't see how they can squeak in, given the fact that they have series against the Yankees coming up, against the Rays coming up, and against the um, Athletics and yeah. the Chicago White Sox coming up. I, I just don't see it. Yeah. 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 It's, it's like having a backup quarterback. 
back playing uh, for an extended stretch where it's like, you know, you have a really good team around him. And you know what? If the backup quarterback plays well enough, you could tread water, but you can't do much more than that. That's what it feels like right now. And they don't have time to tread water. Like, there's four. Like you know that one more than most of us. Oh, uh, yes. Unfortunately, <laughs> like, but I don't know, man. Tell that to Nick Foles last year. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. The, just saying, the 49ers has lost how many people in the first, oh, like, week? Everybody. Dropping like flies. The entire team fell like flies last year. But uh, yeah, that's what it feels like without George Springer is your backup quarterbacks in you're just kind of hoping that maybe they get hot and can somewhat elevate the play of the backup quarterback um yeah I'll stop with the ball references but uh yeah. that, that's what it feels like <laughs> kind of feels like I got sacked just saying yeah yeah <laughs> that too there you go this is the butt fumble of the team so far yeah. um <laughs> All right. Well, look, I don't know how much more we can touch on Springer. I'd be remiss if we didn't even, you know, obviously we have to talk about the injury. Um, it, it's it's devastating. And I take solace, and I'm one of the fans that I will always fall on this sword and say, well, if Springer didn't get hurt, we, you know, look, in hindsight, say in the end of September, we don't make the playoffs. We always can say, and, it's, you know, it's kind of a cheap plug, but sorry, a, a cheap little reference, but saying, um, you know, if Springer didn't get hurt, we'd be able to make the playoffs. Who knows what could happen? You know, I'm I'm comfortable with that, and it gives me something to look forward to for the next season. Say, hey, with a fully healthy team, I think we can do some damage. Um, but you never know. Like I we said, it, yeah, you know, it, with Tay Oscar hitting the way he does, it if it continues, if Vladdy starts going on an upswing, if Lourdes continues this slow crescendo yeah. of an upswing. If Simeon is righted after the Seattle series, if this is how he's going to be, especially coming back home, um, that'd be great. Couple that with maybe Nate Pearson comes in out of relief, and now we have a little bit more stability in the bullpen. Anything could happen. So I, I don't want to say it's completely out of reach, but it is a huge blow nonetheless. Now, speaking of uh, the bullpen, the front office showed that they aren't fucking around anymore when it comes to poor play, especially bullpen play, sort of. Hallelujah. Uh, yeah, by designating <laughs> Rafael Dolis for assignment. Uh, he's been sort of a disaster this season after performing pretty well last year. Um, in his place, Admiral. the Jays have called up. Yeah, yeah, he's he was all right. I liked him. Uh, he's, they called up Kevin Smith in his place, and he's been someone we've been talking about for quite some time. Uh, so, Craig, uh, let's split this up into two ways. You can take it how you will. Um, first of all, is this the last that we've seen of Rafael Dolis? And is this spot for Kevin Smith a permanent one for the rest of the season? Uh, okay, well, I'm going to tell you this Delise thing. I'm going to say it, and I'm going to be this bluntly honest with you. If things keep trending like they're trending, we're going to see Rafael Delise again. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> How do you not? They're going to need somebody to chew up innings, and you know he's going to slip through the assignment thing to be asked to go to Buffalo. And right now I don't see why he would turn a minor league job down. You know what I mean? I it's mean, not like yeah. he's going to say, Nope, see a free agency. I'm going to make sure somebody else pays me. Nope. Yeah. I really don't see anybody calling him. I really don't. He is instantly having to do what he did a few years ago. I think if he does do something like that, where he has to go to Japan, Korea or whatever, they to try and reestablish things again. I forget which league he ended up playing in. Was it Korea that he played in? Japan. Yeah, that's a good question. Okay. It was Japan. I can't remember, yeah. but either way, he was a monster. He did great in that league. Yes. But yes. to that point, that's not in the majors. So, and he did really well last year. And I, I commend him for his efforts. I, he helped us get to the playoffs last year, period. It's that simple. Um, the problem is we're still trying to make the playoffs this year. And I can think of a 
good, you know, handful of times where the, he was the sole cause of why we lost the ball game. We can't do that right now. There is no room for error right now. And having somebody like Delise in there, I, like we were talking about with the Brad Hand thing, I you got to roll the dice with somebody that might just be the hot hand right now and hope we run into the playoffs. It's That's the fun we're at right now, which is going to be fun and exciting and all that. But yes, traumatic at the same time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> to Kevin Smith's thing, I, I would love to see Kevin Smith get a chance to stick with this team because he has had an incredible year in the minor leagues and he deserves to be rewarded for those efforts. Same problem though. We're in a playoff push and somebody like Kevin Biggio coming back up to this team is definitely a more of a win than having somebody like Kevin Smith on your uh, lineup right now. But to that point right now, the last two guys that have come up over the last week are Otto Lopez and Kevin Smith. Yep. I would rather keep Kevin Smith, who is the hot hand to that same point of the other thing right now in our my out of our minor league system and in our major league lineup if we're going to be talking about keeping on to an extra bat because yeah honestly guys it really wouldn't surprise me watching how he played in the minor leagues he runs into 10 doubles in this last month they really if he gets some playing time he's one of those guys that can go on a good cliff because he's got that crazy gap power he's not gonna hit a ton of home runs but he is one of those guys that lives and dies in the gaps and we are back in the rogers center which is gap heaven for hitters like that (laughs) Yeah, I lean to where you are, Craig, and the fact that Kevin Smith could be a jolt uh, for the offense and maybe run into 10 doubles and a couple homers uh, if he plays. But for some reason, for me, it feels a little bit more like, remember when Riley Adams got called up for that one day in Oakland and they sent him back down? That's kind of what this feels like right now. It depends on what they're planning on with Kevin Biggio, but it is good that he's on the 40-man now, Kevin Smith. You made your room for him. He's on here. If you want to call him back up, he will get here when the rosters expand in September. So I think we will see some Kevin Smith as the season goes along. He forced their hand. Uh, I'm sure maybe a little bit earlier than they would have liked to call him up, but you know what? He was playing so well down the minors. We've said many times, like even dating back to when Jaybird watching started with the three of us and even just you and I, Craig, front office loves Kevin Smith. They've been talking about him for at least the last three off seasons, maybe even four ever since they've taken over uh, this regime. So he's a he's a favorite. He's well regarded uh, in the organization. So it's exciting. And I hope he does get some playing time because he could be that little jolt they need. I mean, surely he's better than Bravik Valera. Uh, surely he can give more than Bravik Valera. He could probably give more than San Diego Espinal, even though I want Espinal to still have a job because yes. he's been good throughout the course of the year and he's excellent defender. So. Um, I'm for it. I hope he stays, but it does feel like he might go back down when Biggio comes back, but he could come right back up when the minor leagues are done and the rosters expand to, what, 30? It'll go up to 30 um, in September or whatever. Actually, the full 40 maybe even. So yeah. there's room. Just- he could come back up. Um, and then to talk about Delise just quickly, he was nails last year. He was yeah. incredible. I was just looking at his splits, and you know everybody knows the weirdness of 2020. His... He pitched 12 innings in the first half of the season and 12 innings in the second half of the season. He did not give up a run in those 12 innings in the second half of the season last year. Craig, you're absolutely right. You hit the nail on the head. He was a major reason why they were able to get into the playoffs last year, and that expanded uh, eight-team playoffs in the American League. He is awesome. I think the reason why it took so long to DFA him and get rid of him was because they, at times, didn't have any other options. They might now with Nate Pearson, but secretly— I think Charlie, the front office, was hoping that he would 
rediscover his form from last year or get close to it because it took him a while to get going last year if you remember there was people who were very pissed off at him last year and started off with a couple rocky outings but after he settled in he figured it out and he was absolutely nails but they just could craig you summed it up perfectly they just can't wait anymore there's no time to uh, hope that he figures it out he's had long enough so i just want to put this into perspective for why the three of us were you know excited about Kevin Smith and why we're seeing a resurgence to him. 82 games this season playing for the Buffalo Bisons, 286 batting average, 19 home runs, 63 RBIs, and he stole 16 bases. This guy was, like I said, on base all the time, 20, 23, 23 doubles, four triples, and then he scored 53 runs. That's him getting, that's him scoring a run in a third of the ball or two thirds of the ball games he played in. It's awesome. So, it's kind of ridiculous. Yes, it's minor league numbers, but like you said, Brendan, that was forcing the Blue Jays management's hand to give him extra chance. And if things do go off the rails completely here for the Blue Jays, don't it would not surprise me. He plays a lot because he is a complete showcase candidate for the end of the season here. If the Blue Jays uh, do get to that point where they're looking that rough, which I hope they're not, because I honestly think he could be an igniter off the bench for you know good pinch it to that point of I'm, sh- I'm shocked what we've got out of Valera at this point. We knew what we were getting with Espinal. We've seen enough of him, <laughs> you know, but he's, he's more in the ballpark of Espinal and having a better bat yeah. than he is the Brevik Valeria of the world. It's interesting that you guys say that because, um, I, I was, and this pains me to say, um, I have been on record here saying that our best third baseman is Santiago Espinal. Defensively, it's not close. Yeah. Um, yeah. I know what the front office will probably do, but I want to pose this question to you guys. Do you think who's earned it more? Who's earned a spot on this team more? Kevin or Kevin Smith? Kevin Smith. I agree. I agree with you. Wow. And I look, I, I know I Man know Crush Monday dead. That's big I, <laughs> I, I have to I have to be objective about it because you're right. When Kevin Biggio is ready to come up, Kevin Smith is probably gonna go back down. Mm-hmm. Um unless there's a bullpen uh mishap or whatever and or an injury or something and there's an extra roster spot available. But I just can't see the rationale behind it other than a left handed bat in the lineup that can draw walks. Um, he hasn't been playing well. He just hasn't as he's had small glimpses. He being Kevin has had small glimpses of production and it's just not, at least in my standards, uh, that I've had for him. I, I'll be a, a bit unfair and, you know, exaggerated coming the off season into this one. Um, he just hasn't been up to par. He hasn't been the sort of hitter and the approach that I've admired so much that I saw last year just hasn't been present this year. Um, that being said, I don't want to see anyone else at third base defensively other than Santiago Espinal. And if I, there is going to be someone else defensively at third base, I kind of want it to be Kevin Smith because I I know the bat, (laughs) yeah, the bat can (laughs) be there. You know, obviously he might have some growing pains and adjustment issues coming into the major leagues. Um, he's played less than a a full game. Um, I, I just, I don't see how if you're trying to win games, how putting Kevin in this lineup, given what we've seen is conducive with that. Yeah. No, I tend to agree with you to a point, but I only agree with you on that point for the third base position period. 
Right. Because there's but a there is a place for Kevin Biggio on this team. But what has he done think, offensively? Really? Oh, I agree. I, I, yeah. I'm not saying it. I'm just saying based on the fact that right now, if you were pure, if you were allowed to just play him anywhere right now, right. Kevin Bishop screams second baseman to me. Yes. Period. Yeah. And there's not really any way you're going to ever. Yeah. yeah, exactly. That's not an option right now. So at a minimum, he, he, he replaces either Smith or Valera right now, period. In my opinion, Espinal isn't going anywhere because to that point, he is the best third baseman on this team. And right yes. now he needs to be playing more games than not because he actually worst case scenario, he doesn't hit. He's having like John McDonald out there. It doesn't matter. You're going to get defense every day and you're going to save runs for the fact that you're, you know, the hot corner is actually being held down. Yeah. <laughs> but to that point, Kevin Smith has played each year in his minor leagues, you know, you know, seasons he's played a quarter to, you know, a third of the games at third base. And all right. the rest of them are at shortstop. So it's not like he doesn't have an arm, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So yeah. right now I, I'm in that ballpark. I would rather give innings to, like you said, to over Biggio. I would rather give Kevin Smith those innings if I'm going to be throwing anybody else in at third base right now to uh, spell Espinal. Yeah. yeah. It feels like calling up Biggio and trying to play him over Kevin Smith or San Diego Espinal feels like just drawing out the inevitable DFA of Rafael Delis a little bit longer, hoping that he will catch fire or hoping that he will start to hit. And they don't have that time. They need instant success right now. And I don't I don't know if Biggio can give them that at this point because he hasn't shown it throughout the course of the year, which is which sucks because he was, I think, going into the year considered maybe right below the tier right below a cornerstone, maybe even a cornerstone of the team. Yeah. And now his future might be in doubt because people are catching up to him like Kevin Smith, Jordan Groshans, Espinal as a, as a guy who's off the bench. So the future is going to be Otto interesting Lopez to see either. what happens. Yeah. Otto Lopez too. They, <laughs> I mean, they called him up for a reason too, right? So that um, kid can mash. He's exactly. just more of a, more of a doubles hitter than he is anything. But to that yeah, point, yeah. the guy knows how to make the, you know, barrel the ball. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's uh, going to be an interesting offseason for Kevin Biggio. And I know we're not at the offseason yet. We still have quite a few shows before we get to uh, the season obituary or hopefully a playoff preview Aww. show. But uh, it'll be a very interesting offseason for Kevin Biggio to see what happens. Yeah, so, I, I, I'm sorry. Uh, I, I was just going to say that the only hope for Kevin Biggio to have a future with this team is if they don't resign Simeon. Mm-hmm. That is the only way that I can see it. And honestly, with the amount of money that he deserves and will probably command, I don't necessarily see the Blue Jays breaking the bank for him. Um, I think it's going to cost more than they're comfortable with. Personally, if they're going to give a three-year, say if it costs three years at 60, honestly, and this might be an overpay, give it to Robbie Ray. I, yeah, I'm, I'm, that's where the money's I'd, logically going to go, I think. Yeah, regardless, yeah. They're gonna have, regardless of how this season goes, if you look at this team, what has been the single downfall of this team all Bullpen. season? Bullpen. Bullpen and pitching in general, right? Yeah, because to yeah. this point, if you fix one or the other, this team is better. And if it could, you could even make the argument that pushing more into the starting rotation would have offset the starts from like a Steven Matz or whatever that might be, you know, bullpen arms instead, right? Mm-hmm. So there, there's a couple ways to attack the pitching, but the square issue has not been the offense side of the ball. It has been pitching. They're not going to open up a crazy pocketbook, I think, and give like to your point gives Semyon a ton of money i would love to see it happen because he fits this team just so well yeah. it, it's almost ungodly how well he fits this team <laughs> and 
He's the role model. He's a great player. He plays solid defense, and he does whatever he has to do for the team. Great guy, too. Yeah. Exactly. So, but to that point, if they're going to open up the pocketbook for anything right now, I'm throwing everything, every brick of money I have at the at pitching. And to yes. that point, Robbie Ray yeah, yeah. is the best way to solidify that three-man starting rotation for next season to really build off of it. Then you can let the rookies fall in where you want. Plus the fact that we literally just spelled out the reason why we probably won't be, you know, spending a ton of money on Marcus Semi with all these young, talented players coming. Exactly. What's the what's the worst case scenario in all this? That Biggio is up playing second base next year. Okay, and then he competes for second base with Otto Lopez, Kevin Smith, all these other guys that we're literally just talking about. Yeah, exactly. Well, that, you know, so, that's not even a worst case to me. It, it, no, you good. nailed it on the head, uh, Greg, when you said that he belongs at second base. And w- when we were talking about seven in the offseason, we were talking about how this may impact negatively. Bobachet, we didn't even consider the negative impact, and we just sort of assumed that Kevin Biggio was going to be this diet. This, these are my words: diet Ben Zobras s type of player, and he just isn't that. He, it's just not in his makeup, and uh, that's fine. It's really hard to be that, but he if needs your position, consistent. yeah, it has yeah. to be second base. We saw him at his best at second base last season. Yeah, I would rather give him that opportunity to succeed in that next season and bring him back yeah. and take Larios' spot. Because to, he's talking about not having a future with his team. He is a waiver trade oh, whatsoever. Yeah. I, I like the guy. He's great. He's been good for this team. But I don't I don't know how you keep him over Kevin Smith even right now. No, no God, no. I hope not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I sure should hope not either. But that's just fun with, oh, Kevin Smith has got a billion options. Let's just send him here. <laughs> right. But. That's why I think to that point, if they can figure this out until the 40-man rosters expand anyway in the next couple of weeks, then it's just a moot point anyway. But to that point, they need to do whatever they need to do to keep hot hands in this lineup and in the pit, and on the mounds, period. Yeah, 100%. 100%. Yeah, I, and just to touch on the, uh, the off-season spending, um, definitely priority number one is Robbie Ray. And then you have a three-headed, maybe even four-headed monster if you add an Alec Manoa, who absolutely should be in that conversation. Yeah. But you're off yeah. to a flying start there in the rotation. There's there's an interesting tweet, and I'm sure you guys – oh, wait, where I lost it. One sec. Let me see if I can find it. <laughs> <laughs> I clicked on the wrong tab and went back to my notifications. Here we go. So 18 MLB teams are currently at or above 500. Of those eight teams, the Jays have the worst bullpen wins above average. They are in 29th in baseball. Yeah. Uh, so, Adam, to your point earlier about when you at the end of the season, if it's not a playoff season and you go back and look at, yep, if this team probably could have made it if George Springer was there. That's probably storyline number one. Storyline number two or maybe even storyline 1A is the bullpen. So, yes. yeah, pitching is a huge focus for this team next year, especially bullpen arms. And yeah, to that the amount point, of games right now, lost. they got to hurry up and figure out something just so we can stay in this damn thing. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> yeah. It's going to yeah, fall apart you know, pretty quick. <laughs> they're, yeah. they're in control of their own destiny <clears throat> at this point. But, you know, when you talk about this, the front office, when they were making trades there, the buzzword was run prevention. Right. And, you know, circling back to Kevin at third, I don't understand how that screams run prevention. I really don't. Nope. Um, keeping Santiago Espinal there does. So uh, it's going to be interesting how they pan out. Good. Yeah. Yeah, I got another interesting point to why sure, another yeah. reason that Marcus Semien is going to get paid a fucking brick of money next season. Do you see what people are free agent second baseman next year? Next year, I know he's technically a shortstop. Yeah, the, the, Joe Panic's one of the best second basemen available next season. Just saying. Uh, you know, you know where he, <laughs> I would not be surprised if he ends up. Yankees. No, worse. Red Sox. Yeah, for you it's yeah. worse. 
Yeah, <laughs> I can see that. They don't really have yeah, one. Right now, the best second baseman on the next year's quote-unquote free agent market is Jerickson Profar. Ooh. Yeah, he's going to get – yeah, Simeon's going to get paid. And it, it might yeah. be like a, a four-year deal. There's shortstops, but those other guys aren't playing anything but shortstop. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not. Seegers, Carlos Correa's, they're not doing anything yeah. with shortstop. I'm not. I'm not giving Simeon four because then that it really log jams uh, yeah. the youth. Out. And I don't want that to be the only reason why you don't sign a player. But it's just you need to know what you have in Kevin, unless he's being traded for something that's going to substantially uh, boost this team, which I don't discount at all. That's another point. reason to play Kevin Smith, though. Yeah, no, that's true. <laughs> that's true. Um, all right, let's uh, let's wrap this one up on a happier note. I know the injury to Springer is a huge blow, as we've discussed, but, uh, you know, these series losses are quite concerning, as we've discussed. But there is a light at the end of the tunnel, and the Jays have the opportunity to gain some ground here. Now, not to look too far ahead, they still have a month of September that includes a three-game series against Oakland at home and two series against the Yankees, both home and away, for a total of seven games. So that's ten games right there that they have an opportunity to right the ship. Uh, you sprinkle that with games against the Orioles and the Twins, and as we've mentioned, uh, Detroit. Um, it's doable. So, Brendan, how important is it for the Jays to capitalize on these series? I know we talked about the 90-win mark, whether or not that is uh, a mark that's going to automatically put them in the playoffs is a, a whole different discussion. But how important are the remaining games, especially against shitty teams, <laughs> to capitalize <laughs> to try to get to a wild card spot. Is this lo- sort of like last year? I remember we were really neck and neck. I think it was with the White Sox um, for that eighth seed. Is this going to come down to the wire? What do you think? Uh, that's a good question. Um, it depends on how they do the rest of September. Um, or sorry, the rest of August. Um, and that includes three with the Tigers at home this weekend, four with the White Sox next week, and then another three at Detroit before coming back home barely a road trip three gamer to Detroit. That's like a 45 minute flight, which is perfect. So they're basically at home for like from now until the end of labor day. Um, so just looking at that chunk of the schedule, um, it's at the point where one of those tiger series needs to be a sweep. Hopefully it's this weekend. And then I'm fine with two or three when you go to Detroit perfectly. That that's hopefully how it goes down. So that's five and one right there. The White Sox are going to be tough. They're absolutely going to be tough, um, especially because they have a bullpen. It does not cough up leads. They have really good starting rotation and they have a great offense um, and they're just an incredible team. So if you can sweep the Tigers this weekend at home, then you could probably have forced uh, against the White Sox. Go two and two against them and then another two wins against the Tigers next week. So what's that? That's three losses. That's 10 games uh, right there. So uh, seven and three. Uh, I think that's a pretty good stretch. Hopefully they can maybe go eight and two and squeeze out a series wins against the White Sox. But it's at the point where the crap teams that you play, you have to mix in sweeps now. Like there's no other way around it. If you want to get to that 90 wins, uh, 90 win mark or go 30 and 13, uh, in the last 43 games to get you to 93 wins. So yeah, uh, it, it starts now. There's no more messing around. There's no more time for error. Um, it has to start off with definitely, in my mind, a sweep this weekend. Two or three, I'll be happy, but it's like it's just not enough uh, uh, anymore. You could gain ground with depending on what other teams do and who they're playing, but when you only win two or three, there's that chance that that loss will come on a day when the teams ahead of you uh, 
win and you lose ground uh, or maybe the two wins that you have are on days where the teams ahead of you win. It's just such a crappy position to be in, unfortunately. But uh, let's hope it starts with a sweep. To that point, yes. I, I just thought I just got dumbfounded by something somebody tweeted out on uh, Twitter right in the midst of this whole thing. 2015 record this time in the year, 119 games in, 65 and 54, 2015. Yep. 2021, we're 63 and 56 through 119 games. I hate to keep making that comparison, but it just doesn't go away. <laughs> and it's driving me nuts. Like you said, How you're holding on that optimism. There's a huge it doesn't difference. Stay that. I have a big one. difference in that, I think. I, I the Yankees really chosen. weren't in it that year. 20, 2015, they were in the first wild card spot and half game back of the Yankees. Now they're four and a half back of the wild card and 10 in the division. Yeah, it's it's it. it the numbers are it's there. Rough. It's just that the division is better. Yes. This year, you know? And there's teams ahead of them that you got to pa- yes. pass. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, Craig Ballard uh, on uh, Twitter also has made a fun point about playing the Tigers. Uh, they're 50 and they're 50 and 46 since April. So they're really a winning team. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, but to that point, I, we have to take it to the Tigers. I, there's no way that they can lose any more of this. It, it needs to be, if it, they, I can't even say a series win gets it done. I think they have to sweep to get this momentum back and then they need to keep that moving through the next few series. And hopefully they can capitalize against playing these few, you know, quote unquote lesser teams. But unless our bullpen can finally hold a damn lead, I don't think it's going to even make it. We're going to look like one of those lesser teams if we keep doing what we're doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Somebody needs to eat up some innings. We need to hold some leads. And the offense needs to find a way to keep doing what they're doing. And I'm sorry to say, regardless of how good our offense is without Springer, we're not going to be blowing people out by 10 runs. No, we need to find a way to hold people in when we have a four run lead. <laughs> we need to be able to hold it. Yeah. <laughs> There's no other way of saying it. No more hand jobs. Oh, <laughs> sorry. I went there. <laughs> Old fashioned. Man. Yes. <laughs> but yeah, um, I, I agree. You know, the you have two series upcoming against Detroit, one home, one away. Um, those are those are must win games at this point. And I don't even know. You know, we can say all we want about professional athletes giving it their all, giving 100%, you know, 100% of the time. It's not necessarily true. Like, if you listen to players and, you know, listen to interviews of players that are on losing teams, this point of the season, they just don't give a fuck. I'm not saying they don't try to win. Obviously, they do. But it's not with that intensity. You should be outmatching them in intensity. And I know it's not a measurable stat and, you know, whatever. It's intangibles. But... the desire to win should be there and there should be some sort of, Hey, let's, let's pick our shit up and let's go because in order to carry over the sort of confidence that you have, again, you have seven straight games right now, actually what more than that was it 13 straight games, um, road trips included. Look, you have to capitalize on these series against the Tigers because you're facing a pretty good white Sox team for four games. You need momentum going into those games. Um, so the teams that you should beat, you have to beat at this point. It's no longer of, oh, you know, you just sort of cough those up. It happens. No, you have to win these games. And Absolutely. these games, especially against the Orioles, 
Those are gimmies. You are lucky to be facing the Orioles so many times <laughs> this part of the season. And Seriously. The twins. <laughs> yeah, and the Twins. And then to that Dude, point you... of actually having a chance to take it to the A's and the Yankees here in the last few weeks, too. So, there's, like I said, there's enough breaks in this that there help is. the Blue Jays. There is. Yeah. Absolutely. Dude, you have the Orioles 10 times. 10 times. And you have the Tigers 6 times. And yes. what do you have the Twins for? 7. Seven times. You need to win these games. That's, Plus, again. So correct me if I'm wrong. Games. I'm just doing some light math in my head. But that's basically 20 of the 40-something games we have left. Half your games. You have to win yes. 18 yeah. of those. 18 and 3. You and then be should, able to split the others. On. Yeah. Dude, and those games against the Athletics at home, you are traveling to no. the West Coast. You should win these games. Yes. I'm sorry. Like, I, I know I'm being greedy, but you should be winning these games, especially especially against the A's and the Yankees. The the Red Sox are in control of their own destiny. You fucked that up already. I mean, yes, you, you I'm saying you to the Blue Jays. You know, <laughs> you had you won 3 out of we. 4. Yeah, we won 3 <laughs> out of 4 against the team, against them, but you know, in the beginning of the season you didn't get it done. So, you're hoping for them to lose. You have a controllable asset here. I'm sorry, it's controllable aspect here against both the Athletics and especially against the Yankees. I don't care about Tampa. You're not catching up with them. Probably going to spank you. It happens. Whatever. Fine. It's for- forgivable. But these other games, at least against the Yankees, you have to win those series. At the yep. bare minimum, you have to win those series. Against the A's, you have to win those series. You have to do way more against the teams that you should be beating. You should slaughter those teams. Yeah, absolutely. So, that being said. <laughs> that was I know, that was. That was my, my, my rampage of, uh, of a narrative here. That being said, let's move on to our closing statement. Now I'm all proper. Uh, picks to click and no. our predictions. Uh, yeah. Um, picks to clicks. Greg, what do we got? I, 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 I'm interested in seeing who picked uh, Teoscar Hernandez. <laughs> oh, Mr. Panikar. <laughs> <laughs> and like I said, my Vlad Lust didn't quite make it going all the way back to firing on all cylinders. Yes, he had a better week. And then, Mr. Corsair, you had George Springer. I'm sorry, you <laughs> jinxed it. <laughs> you are the weakest link. Get the hell out of here. <laughs> so clearly, so, but, Brendan, you win that. But to that point, for the second week in a row, Tay Oscar, Hernandez. Oh, no, sorry, I take that back. Uh, nobody had Tay Oscar last week. I forgot I'm on the other side of the paper now. So, okay. but actually, so here's what just happened. Yes, this just happened. Mr. Panikar has now taken the lead. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Let's go. <laughs> Brendan, you now have seven wins. Adam, you have five. And then I have six. Guest spot for AKA Robbie Ray, Mr. Key, <laughs> Mr. K. <laughs> he has got two. <laughs> so, but yes, that's where we're at. That's what's going on. That's the picks to click for the Blue Jays this week. So I guess the fun thing is Mr. Panikar, once again, you won. You and Adam keep trading back and forth on weeks on me and coming back from the dead. I hate you both. <laughs> so it's your pick. Uh, I will go. I'm going to steal the guest spot of Robbie Ray and take Robbie Ray. Uh, yeah, that's, the, that, that's the rules. Uh, sorry, Chris Key. When uh, <laughs> one of the three of us want to take him, we get him from you. Now you have to pick somebody else for a change. But <laughs> no, just, just uh, he'll start tomorrow. And hopefully that gets the uh, the Tiger series off to a winning start. It should. It absolutely has to. And then he'll pitch uh, Wednesday against the White Sox. Um, and I know just based on schedules, I know we were going back and forth about this in our group chat. It looks like Wednesday 
will be our next recording. Hopefully, I think that works for people. We'll talk about it and confirm it later, but that would be his next start. Advertise. So, yes, yes, out there. Uh, <laughs> that would be his next start. So I could get, when we're recording during his start, live updates. So two Robbie Ray starts in there, and hopefully they're both wins. There you go. Mr. Corsair. Ah, I need a win. I'm going to Oscar. <laughs> right now he's gonna get hurt man yeah that's only happened once that's only everyone gets one that's it yeah. knock on desk <laughs> yeah there you go um i'm just going to turn on the light it's just it's gotten really dark yeah 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 it is man you're like vanishing into the darkness <laughs> autumn's coming man autumn is coming i love it yeah, yeah. i had to you know i'm gonna do this because i'm this guy all of a sudden i'm gonna say i have a light bulb idea there you go yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um i'm gonna pick alejandro kirk because i think this is the week he finally wow. says sorry reese mcguire get out of here i'm yeah, taking all right <laughs> all right somebody's gonna step up and i really would like to see it be alejandro kirk and uh nice, pick up some extra offense out of him because that would actually be a big or a big uh, help for the Blue Jays offense right now, being able to get some more production out again out of the, you know, catcher spot because we got a little bit there for Reese McGuire, at least where he was getting on base. Yeah. But as we all kind of predicted, it went back to normal. And <laughs> Reese McGuire went back into the, uh, what? how should I put this? The Ken Huckley category of catching in Blue Jays history. He, just, he, he went back to his car. Let's just yeah. say it. <laughs> he went he back little, to his car. He got a little yeah. too relaxed. Yeah. Oh, damn. yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, you know, but he was there when you needed him. All right, so let's go reverse order here. Craig, myself, and then Brendan. Let's do predictions. Three versus Detroit at home. Four versus the Chicago White Sox at home. What say ye? Yeah. I think we're going to lose one in that span. And it's not. It's going to be against Detroit. And it's probably going to be tomorrow night just to piss off my fantasy team. Wait, wait, wait. Of all seven games, they're going to lose one against Detroit? Yeah. That's what you're saying? <laughs> wow. Ballsy. Okay. I'm I going, love it. They need to do a put up or shut up move. So I'm giving them the opportunity to impress my record for the next week. Man, if you get that right, you get a bonus point and picks to click. That's yeah, uh, dude. I, I, I'm I'm down with that. <laughs> ballsy, they're gonna lose one game, and I think it. I like I said, I it's gonna because my fantasy team has been in shambles outside to Oscar Hernandez. I'm I lost Bassett the other night. I lost like three guys in the last week. It's gonna be one of those things that right now, I'm 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 riding the fan fair of the, we have a home stand, and I think that's gonna be the saving grace. All right. All right. Um, I'm I'm gonna go a uh, a sweep and a split. Uh, I'll be a little conservative with the White Sox. Um, so what's that? Six six out of the no, sorry, uh, five five out of the seven. That's fine. Yeah. Yeah, I'm right there with you as well. Five and two in the exact same order. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, hopefully go like this in a week. That's all. No, great. I hope so, man. I'll put, I'll do I, I this. Like, and. Here's the fun part. Here's the other ulterior motive of this whole thing. I am going to go find a whiteboard next week. And I'm going to put it on that wall if we suck, and I'm going to write the ship is sunk. I'm going to oh, go no. shake I'm gonna go Don't do that. <laughs> listen, listen, I'll do you one better. If if they lose one against Detroit and then sweep the White Sox, all my picks-to-click points you can have. Oh, right. So oh, I will do yeah. I will donate my <laughs> into a sports betting podcast here. Yes. Oh, there it is. So they this is just becoming into like the Monopoly Blue Jay podcast. You know, I just yes. passed 
collected five hundred dollars instead of two. I will go down to zero if that happens because that would be huge for this team. That would be amazing if they sweep the White Sox in four at home. That would be amazing, especially going back to Detroit and playing them right after that. That's huge. So, all right. Uh, that being said, do we? Um, what do we agree on next week? Brendan, you're not available Thursday of next week. I, can, I will be at the Toronto Argos game. So, um, unfortunately, Thursday does not work. Do you guys want to record Wednesday then? I'm down. I'm good with Wednesday. I love how we think of this on the air now. Yeah, it's fine. We're classy well, I just, like that. I want, I want <laughs> our viewers and listeners to, to know when to tune in. So, let's go next Wednesday, um, 7 o'clock. Be here. Uh, speaking of here, uh, we appreciate you listening to our show. If you are listening to us live again, we're on all the, the video cast streams that you uh, have at your disposal. We have, we're on YouTube, we're on Twitter, we're on Twitch, we're on Facebook, anywhere you get your video live streams from, we are there broadcasting to you talking blue Jays. If you'd like to interact with us, please do on Twitter at birdwatching GC. And if you're catching us on the, the podcast stream, we appreciate that too. Tell your friends about us, tell your fellow blue Jays fans about our show. We appreciate it. Word of mouth is key when it comes to this uh, business, we'll say. We are on all your favorite podcatchers. We're on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast fixed from, we are there free of charge. Please listen to us and interact with us. We appreciate it. We also have a Patreon if you want to get on that. Help support the show, help interact with us. You can be on the show if you so choose. We appreciate it. Um, all the links and the information are on the Twitter. And uh, if we could put that in the description of the show, that'd be great too. But guys, let's uh, let's close this out like we normally do with two claps and a Ric Flair. And let's go Blue Jays and get vaccinated. Here we yeah. go. <laughs> Woo! Woo! Let's go, let's Blue, go Jays. Blue Jays. It is get time vaccinated. to get your vaccine. <laughs> For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.